0: Welcome back to Our Childhood Sucked. In this episode, we begin talking about how pop culture affected our relationship to family. Among a variety of topics, we discuss found and chosen families in Boy Meets World and Rent, inside jokes with your siblings from Avatar The Last Airbender, a 12-hour marathon of Beetleborgs, and the media raising us. This episode was recorded on October 28th, 2020.
1: So SMJ asked me to come up with this question like three minutes ago, and I have nothing. Um, so just like... uh, It was 15
0: <laughs> minutes ago, bitch. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> I,
1: well um, so it's, it's Halloween, or as I call it, gay Christmas. Um, does anyone have, like, what's everyone's, like, favorite Halloween costume from, like, the past? Like, did you ever have, like, a Halloween costume either as a kid or as an adult? Like, I was good as shit.
2: My mom didn't let me celebrate Halloween as a kid because it was the devil's holiday. So,
1: <laughs> and
0: she was right. <laughs> <laughs> someone in my other, someone in my other group, my, one of my other writers' groups, was like, "I couldn't celebrate Christmas because my mom thought it was the devil's day." And I was like, "Christmas? Oh. Christmas? No, sorry, Halloween."
3: Oh Christmas! <laughs> we're like christmas is literally about it's jesus's it's day. birthday i don't
0: know christmas is <laughs> pretty sus to me i'm gonna be honest as a heathen it's pretty sus I don't it's
3: also technically not even jesus's birthday we
4: just took it we just said that's the day <laughs> <But> it's really <laughs> not well, in brazil we don't have halloween so i'm just gonna share my cat's pirate costume
3: i think for me uh i don't think any costume when i was younger was like cute you know what i mean like i look at them <laughs> like oh Why did anyone let me do that? But when I first, like, got into anime, I thought I was, like, really cool. So then I got, like, this, like, kimono thing. And I found (laughs) that the other day. So it wasn't cool, but I was like, why? Why did anybody let me put that on? (laughs) Like, put that on and think I look good in it. I did not. I didn't. I looked wrecked. So it's not even, like, a cool thing, but it has been sticking with me lately. (laughs) so that's the one i'm gonna share yikes
0: stephanie (laughs) not to call you out but i am like struck y'all my memory of my childhood is terrible like in relation to what i physically did Mm -hmm. did we ever do anything for halloween stephanie did we have like a friend like in high school yeah like i feel like my senior year we dressed as something like the group had like a party and if I'm not, I'm fucking crazy. I, don't... I have,
5: I have no memory.
0: Okay, so but... my favorite,
1: yeah. <laughs> SMJ, did you just bring that up to say you had friends in high school? Like, cool, good for you. i okay. get it, damn, go right
3: must be no. us. Shut up. Be nice. What does that look like? <laughs> um,
6: do you guys remember Pippi Longstocking? Like, yes. 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 Was, yes. Of course. <laughs> I was her once for Halloween. And we spray painted my hair orange, and we put pipe cleaners in it, and then braided around it. So I got the braids that stuck like straight out <laughs> of my head. It was really so cool. Do nice. you ever want to do that with pipe cleaners in your hair? But <laughs> so I did that, and like had a little monkey on my shoulder. So that was good. I very know.
1: cool. We don't know each other, but that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, absolutely, this is the DM- <laughs> energy. <laughs>
5: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, are we thinking of costumes from childhood or just our life?
1: Whatever. No it's <laughs> my okay. no masters.
5: Okay. Cuz if we're talking childhood, I was I was Dorothy 2 years in a row and also Hermione for 2 years in a row. So, <laughs> you know, and they were back to back. but recent I was Link, like two years ago, and I felt so good about it because I have ears from like elf ears from a Renaissance Fair in Ohio, (laughs) and I look for any. I also love to just wear them, just like (laughs) with normal clothes. Um, That's like my favorite thing to do. Like Mm -hmm. if I have to go to work on Halloween, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna wear my elf ears. Um, Yeah, and it was like a relatively last minute costume, so I felt pretty good about it. I like took. Like, what did I? Oh, I took a shirt and like put it as like his head thing, <laughs> and it probably looked terrible, but it was fine. I was just with friends, so. Oh my
0: god! Uh, the only what? time I remember actually me dressing up on Halloween is my senior year of college. I dressed up as a sexy cat, as for oh. the memes, for the jokes. I wore I little see. heels. I wore <laughs> heels, baby. I had that drag show look. Hell yeah! Okay. Period. Um, but <laughs> sexy cats. My least favorite thing about Halloween. <laughs> Did
3: I imagine? I feel like I imagined this. But SMJ, didn't you dress up as Steven Universe for like our semester?
0: No, I wanted to. I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have the uh, star shirt. Aha! Uh-huh. But I will not yes, forget uh-huh. the day that some fuck face in college was like hey did you know that you live steven universe and then I... <laughs> okay so to start off today uh so halloween has a lot to do with families right traditions and stuff we're going to talk about family today uh both Great positively thing, and negatively thank you so much i i rock a good segue um first i'm going to open up the floor we're going to talk Openly and honestly about uh, what pieces of pop culture uh, impacted our relationship to our family, either how we viewed our family or maybe a family that we really looked up to. What are some positive effects of social, of uh, pop culture on our relationship to our family?
4: As you know, <laughs> as you know, I grew up watching Little Bear. Yeah. And <laughs> Little Bear has the most perfect, you know. Family, um, which is something I never had at home. <laughs> so it was a good escape and something that I always dreamed of. Um, I think it was a way of understanding possibilities, even though I never had that. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Lisa. <laughs> You're welcome.
3: Um, before I realized that uh, my relationship with my mom was like low key unhealthy, um, Gilmore Girls she made me like watch it with her like I had never seen it but the dynamic that they had I like related a lot to my dynamic with her at the time when I was like a teenager like I you know we had conversations about like losing our virginity and like communicating about stuff like that like and all that so I was like oh my gosh like we're Lorelai and Rory we're not what I thought we were at the time so that was like my connection for a long time
0: with Gilmore Girls I that's think I've always known that my family dynamic is weird. Um, I come like from a broken home and my brother was like my best friend. So I was a, I was like, you know, socially adopted by like my choir teacher. And it always felt weird about that because like, one, I'm mixed, but I'm in a town full of white people. And here's this really nice white family that's adopting this like poor, uh, <laughs> gender confused. <laughs> uh mixed person. I've always felt like vaguely uncomfortable with that, but a show that like made me feel better about that was Boy Meets World. Um I know, right? Uh what was weird about Boy Meets World is the like weird, vague like Christians are gonna help the poor people thing. that always permeated that relationship with Sean and Corey and Corey's parents. Um But I thought the sentiment of showing like a broken family and then a person finding a family unit that's not technically blood was a very pot. No matter if the execution was a little flawed, was like a good way of showing to a a nationwide audience that that is a thing that does happen because it it was so weird. We'll talk about the negativities, like all these like weird things where they try to make like positives out of like dangerous uh, family stereotypes, like the broken like the ex, the crazy ex-partner or the that is still somewhat in that main character's life and how that's played for laughs rather than whatever. Um, but for me, yeah, Boy Meets World was like this weird thing of like, oh, okay, so like this is kind of normal, like that other families can care for you. And it's okay if sometimes you feel more drawn to that family from time to time that that helped me positively a little bit
6: for me and my family um I mentioned this a little bit last week but the Beatles was a big uniting force for us um and we didn't relate to the Beatles as a family but we did like to listen to them and it was this thing that um everyone in my family liked um so like long car rides like the only thing we would listen to would be like the Beatles altogether. Um, And I remember, like, having these long, like, in-depth conversations with my dad, like, asking him, like, about the history of the Beatles and, like, how they got together and how they broke up and, like, all, like, the intricacies of the band and stuff. Um, So I think that was, like, a uniting force for my family.
5: Um, I can go. Great. (laughs) So so it was kind of hard for me to find – I don't know if you guys were feeling this, where I was like, I found myself not necessarily thinking of like my family as a whole, but like my brother versus my parents. So it was like easier for me to think of one for my brother. So that's what I will talk about. Um, So it is Avatar. Um, (laughs) So uh, we. Yeah, it was like. You know, my brother and I were like pretty close as we were growing up. Um, you know, as kids, we were we were like three and a half years apart. Um, and then we as we were like, I feel like as we were reaching the point where we couldn't necessarily like play together anymore, we found Avatar. And so then in the in the time between like when we could play together and then when we could like talk about real stuff like we do now we had Avatar and we've watched it. He guessed like 15 times. That seems like a low number to me, but you know, it's fine. Um, But so it was like, it was important for our relationship, but also, you know, it was, it was like the first time that I saw a character who looked vaguely like me in Katara. Um, and then... You know, she had a brother and I was like, oh, my God, it's us. (laughs) We're like in this show. Um, And I don't know how my brother feels about like if he he felt connected to that. But so it was like important for me just like as a as a person. But then also I was like, oh, this is like a joint thing that we're experiencing. Um, So we, you know, we're we're, like in the middle of rewatching it right now. So it's very much like a show that brings us together. What's the age difference between you two? We're three and a half years apart.
0: Do you find that Avatar, and this is for anybody, do you find that like, if you watched a show with a sibling or anybody at a younger age, do you find that being a continual, uh, a point that you and that family member keep going back to as like, a point of like, re-watching?
3: Yeah. Yes. My brother and I watched Danny Phantom... all right and he and i don't really get along at all okay so danny phantom boom connection we also watched all of the indiana jones movies together when netflix would like send the dvds at that time right so we would like watch it send it back wait get another one and we watched the whole thing like from the first movie to the last one so yes it's the only time he likes me and we are also <laughs> three and a half years apart. So,
5: <laughs> are you the oldest, yes. Stephanie? Yeah. Okay, same. Okay, I feel seen. No, there was no, no, no. There was the the time when he was like a really annoying middle school and high schooler. Sorry, Mark. Um. Yeah. No, Avatar was what was what brought us together, and video games too. But like,
3: yes, Lego Star Wars. Fine. Oh my right. god! Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the Lego games. <laughs>
1: Uh, my problem so I, I also am the oldest and my my brother and I like are very different people um, but so like we also would like find like ways to connect with him like with video games or whatever the issue is he I'm like I do a lot of different shit and like I'm okay at a bunch of things but he's very much like if I'm going to do something I'm going to be the best so he would always beat me and it pissed me off <laughs> I was like I'm the one who showed you how to play this game and he's like yeah but now I'm better and I was like you know what <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm also the older sibling with a brother three and a half years younger um, and we we still like to this day like quote these movies to each other but like the most specific lines that like no one would ever know like it's so niche that but we'll just like just like quote them to each other all the time like um, I don't know if you guys have watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang but <laughs> we love to say this Pots <laughs> Inventor. <laughs> and we'll just say that all the time to each other. And it's like so strange. And that's parents amazing. are like, what? But um, yeah, <laughs> <I love laughs> it's that. a good way to
5: bond with the younger bro.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, I was about no. Like, yeah, we'll just be like, let us leave. And <laughs> all right, that's rough, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any, anybody get the amateur Yes, yes, yes.
3: <laughs> my fault entirely. That's my favorite one from there. girlfriend turned into the Yo, Iroh dropped Epic. everything. He's like, my fault entirely. <laughs> Me and my roommate quote that shit all the time. <laughs> yep. That is Because
1: so I hadn't thought of that, is that like, it's, and I think I think all families like this. From many families are like this. But where you have like your shared quotations that nobody else knows. But like for example, my dad um, is from England. And he um, he and I used to listen to all these tapes of British comedy radio shows from the fifties. And so there are just things that like we can quote any line from that, and it's like it's like it's Star Wars, but no one else has ever listened to them. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I've never watched Avatar for reasons we can get into, but. All of those things, I was like, they're just saying nonsense. My girlfriend turned into the moon? What? And, I, and it's like, the, the, these things become so iconic and become so, like, part of the, the lingo, I think, of the movie. Um,
3: my, my family and I have this thing with my brother. Uh, his name is Trajan, the Danny Phantom one, um, <laughs> where he created a whole memory. <laughs> he created a whole memory that had never happened, right? And to this day, like, we use, like, that moment to, like, say... That, that that something didn't happen. He's like, Yeah, me and Uncle Mike, we rode in a fire truck together. We're like, Trajan, that never happened. Um, so anytime somebody's like, Oh, this happened, we're like, I think you're having a fire truck moment because that didn't yeah. happen. Like, that is our language. And anytime somebody hears us do that, they're like, What does that even mean? <laughs> it's like, You don't get it. You don't, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't understand.
0: <laughs> it's interesting how these uh, cultural. Things become like badge of badges of honor that we wear, with like, yeah, whether it's like to recall a certain memory or uh, me and my brother when uh, this past May when I went back to Ohio to help uh, clear up my dad's place. Me and my brother spent I shit you not twelve straight hours watching Beetleborgs, which is a mid nineties tokusatsu show that was americanized by the same people who made power rangers it's three typical average teens who read a comic book called beetleborgs and then they become the beetleborgs when they meet a mystical ghost in a haunted mansion in a cornfield that's it no one no one knows what the fuck this show is but for some reason we're like This is what this day is going to be about. Forget (laughs) the trauma here. Forget the trauma tomorrow. We're watching 12 straight hours of a bad 90s, like, morphing action show with terrible kid actors. Um, Yeah, it's these, like, weird things that we're drawn to. And then we're like, I'm going to watch the shit out of that. And that's going to become, like, we're making this a memory. Like, it's that intentionality of making memories. I think it's very different. Like now, when we're—I mean, I find myself at this age, like making, choosing to make memories, and being very intentional about what remains in my brain. Whereas when you're a kid, you so, things just sort of fucking happen, and then that's stuck with you. But now we have the active choice to forget about X, Y, or Z if we want to, and I, that that freaks me out.
2: I feel like throughout, like, this, these couple weeks, like, I didn't actually have a, a real strong response to either of the questions, because I really don't, I don't feel like I grew up with, like, the strong, like, familial experience, um so I don't really have a ton of, like, media that affected me in terms of, like, negatively or positively, so I feel like I'm in this, like, neutral space, so maybe that's, like, a cool transition point but um yeah I think just because like I like I grew up with just me and my mom like my single mom who worked a lot so I kind of grew up alone like 80% of the time so I didn't really have like a like yeah this is like our family bonding shit um so um I did feel this connection with, um, like, found family tropes a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think, like, for instance, like, Rent, problematic fave. I know. <laughs> I, know, so I know. I know. I know. I know. But, like, me being, like, 11 and 12-ish, like, watching Rent, you know, and, like, fucking Alabama and, like, seeing Rent um, was really – Like even before I knew anything of like what I was, like just the concept of someone like seeing you in your fullness and like your highs and all your lows and still choosing to be with you. I feel sorry if y'all hear like the rap music in the back. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just the idea of being accepted for who you are and being loved for who you are and not Simply for like how well you align to like the ideal of what you're expected to be, I found very. I just love that. Um, and when I was young, this is gonna be random, but when I was young, um, my cousins kind of fulfilled a role of brothers, um, even though I saw them like once or twice a once or twice a year. Um, but they got me. Y'all yeah, remember Inuyasha the anime?
4: Oh my God! Yes. No, yes, Yes.
2: Yes, yes, Okay. Yes. okay. Yes. Um. Yeah, so they got me on Inuyasha and just like, I dreamed of being like Kagome. Like, <laughs> I was like, yo, can I yeah. just like go like hop into a fucking well that will send me, I mean, it wouldn't have worked <laughs> out for me, but like, <laughs> but I like, hey, be Like transported to this other time where, um, you just got to go on adventures with all of these strangers, and then become like your only, like your own little makeshift family. Like I really fed
4: into that that fantasy. But I kind of relate um, to what you're saying, Danielle. Uh, and I would find myself um, ah, what's the word in English? I would find myself like gravitating towards, um, you know, stories of very, of like people who have to start over, or people who have to like create their own world or their own sense of security, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's funny. Someone told me that. Um, this I don't know how related this is, but someone recently told me that um, in our In our adulthoods, we crave what we didn't have, um, as growing up. And I think that as children, like listening to y'all speak, like we crave, we, as children, we are already craving what we don't have in the media that we consume and the things that we're attracted to. Like I, I would lose myself in books, um, a lot. And in fact, like my, the first book I ever read was Pipi Longstocking, <laughs> which is literally this, this <laughs> girl who is super strong and, uh, makes these two friends who live the perfect life, but she shows them how life can be so much better, you know, if you just, what does she do? She does so many crazy things. She, she has all these gold, gold coins and she buys candy for the whole town and things like that. Yeah, and that's that's like what would, would make me keep going. And I mean, like, very recently I was looking, like, for my niece, right? Maybe I should buy this book for her. And then I was looking it up, and then it turns out that there are, like, some problematic things in <laughs> um, it, like, a lot of very problematic things in that book. <laughs> so, no, but I guess that message stayed with me, um, and it feels like, that's, that's what I'm listening from, from this group, too.
0: Yeah, it's a, for. I'm also drawn a little bit to this idea of what things we inherit, like from the media, but also from all family members, and what do we pass on to younger generations and then maybe potentially in the future, like our own family unit, whatever that may be, like us crafting stuff. Cause like, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that like our generation, like, like we just got out of the cold war at the end of the eighties into the nineties. And then we were immediately inundated as we were turning the new century with like nine 11, uh, unrest in the middle East caused by America. Right. Like these like huge, like 2016, these huge, massive bombs of events, And I think a lot of children's media deals a lot with how parental units um, break news to children. And we've seen those examples in uh, Mr. Rogers, like doing these specials about all these uh, tragedies that were happening in America. Hunky Brewster doing an episode directly about the Challenger explosion, like two weeks after, like they filmed like a special episode for that. Um, These, uh, I mean, there's probably more examples um recently for some reason i think a punky brewster why i never watched a fucking episode but i know that there's an episode (laughs) about the challenger explosion god damn it um nick news that's it nick news laura whatever her name is doing like a special report with children about like how to process uh 9-11 you know like these like cultural events that like we're not shying away from and that we have like warm you know Figures, familiar figures, having to, like, teach us these things at a young age. Especially, like, I think our generation is the most, like, desensitized desensitized to anything. We always like to say that, like, kids are bad now. But, like, in 2001, when, like, 9-11 happened, like, everything shifted. Like, nothing was off the table anymore. I think. I mean, I think that changed how we interacted with family. I think that how we interacted with travel. A lot, like my family never left the house. We went to Jersey a couple times to visit family. Past that, nothing.
2: What do you mean by kids are bad?
0: Um, you know that trope where it's like kids these days they know too much. Like parents are bad because they're allowing them to watch uh, shows or movies with violence or sex or whatever. Um, they're on they're on their phones all the time. No respect that type of thing. They know too much because they've got a phone, whatever those like negative stereotypes we keep hearing about Uh, parenting and children nowadays. I just always think about like it, like people have been saying this about previous generations anyway. It's just now coming to a head because we're now, we're now becoming that age Mm -hmm. and the people in front of us don't want to take the responsibility of like all the stuff that was dumped upon us. Right um maybe this is the transition into the sort of like <laughs> negativity and i don't mean necessarily like uh not necessarily like made you feel negative with your family i know for me there's like some examples of families um that made me wish i had that family and that doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily uh fruitful at that age i think about full house which was a semi broken family however they were all happy and living under one giant house and I wanted so desperately for my family to like, you know, one year, we're all going to live in the same fucking house and our family's going to, you know, we're going to coalesce around each other. And like, that's fine. But that's impossible. And quite frankly, insane to think that people would drop their entire lives and that Uncle Jesse would live in an attic with two twin boys um, like <laughs> for many years. Like what on planet Earth are we talking about sitcoms? I also think, um, Danielle, if I'm not mistaken, we talked a little bit about Seventh Heaven like a couple weeks ago, maybe. I was talking to somebody about Seventh Heaven, like this like um, teen drama Christian show that's like, here's the perfect family. <laughs> and like then someone in the family gets into something bad or someone in the family's friends with a bad kid on the block. And it's all about like, yeah, stay away from the marijuana. There, I think there was an episode about a girl getting into a gang and the parents had an intervention that's about, you know, God saving the girl from the gang before she died. It's like, what the fuck? Right. Um, those are some examples. They're a little more extreme, uh, but those are just uh, some, maybe something that resonates. If it doesn't, you want to take it a completely different direction. Please do.
2: I think what, what drew me and why I question you about the whole, like, kids these days shit is it's it's because I've always kind of like picked beef with people who like expect the media to raise their children um and in many many ways the media did raise me um but just a sense of like what do you like why why are we blaming so many external forces on how your, your fucking children come out. Like, if your child has a problem in any way, that is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not like... I don't know. It's almost like I feel like these... Like, younger generations have this, like, original sin of media. Like, if mm-hmm. your child has a problem, it's probably it's probably something that's like so close to home, but I also understand the contradiction of, well, if you see something on TV, it's going to affect your chid, your chid, your children. <laughs> <just, like>, <laughs> I started to say <laughs> fuck me. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I just, it just brought up that that side of me that feels like there's this battle or this war between how you're raising your kid and how the media is raising your child but also you're raising your child. No one else is responsible (laughs) for
0: that. (laughs) I find it weird. This may sound so stupid but what you were just talking about like um, I think a literal example of parents trying to turn over children to the media is shows like Dr. Phil where they have those episodes of like my child needs to get scared straight, blah, 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 whatever, right? And it ends up actually, like, like those parents in real life, who you read the, like, where are they now articles, right? And there's that cash me outside girl mm-hmm. who then went on to have, like, a mildly successful rap, rap career, and it actually is detrimental to her life, and her parents are no longer in it. It's, like, this, like, weird thing. That's, like, I felt like that's, like, a literal um example of uh What you were so brilliantly talking about this like weird handoff of like, well, neither one wants to be responsible, but they both have to be somewhat cognizant of what is being produced. Like there is a reason why GTA five has a colorful cover and it's still like, it, you know, like they are shooting people, but they still want they know that children are going to be the most susceptible to buying the shit. So there, I mean, in that Mm -hmm. way, I think it's responsible. I'm also not one of those people that believes that like Fast and the Furious Eight is leading to the downfall of uh, (laughs) children's um, desensitization, whatever the you know what I mean. They're not more susceptible to violence.
1: (laughs) And then also just to build off because I think this is so brilliant and thank you, Danielle, for bringing it up is that I also think it's like super like sketchy that it's often really pushed by people with a lot of money and power of the, like, the reason we have school shootings in America is that all these kids are playing video games. And you're like, well, that's not the reason why we have school shootings in America. You know what I mean? Or like, um, you know, it's the same. There's a great book that I read weirdly when I was 16 called Cinderella Ate My Teenage Daughter. That's a, a social scientist <laughs> talking about how she wanted to not show her daughter any Disney uh, merchandise or anything uh, because she thought it was like harmful to women and things like that. And that it was impossible. The moment she went to school, she was inundated with that, even without her consent. And I think it's this really interesting. I think the blaming of the media is interesting, both because, as Danielle pointed out, it allows parents to like hands off, but also because it allows, like, not to get on my bullshit, but it allows like American capitalism to pretend as if like media is just natural. I'm like, well, of course, I mean, what are we going to do? Not market to children? And you're like, yes, you could absolutely not market to children are absolutely things that could happen. And I think it's also interesting what SMJ was talking about of like the moment that we all grew up, because I think we're all around roughly the same age, is that we're like the first, I, I think we're the last generation with new culture. Because I was thinking about this the other day of the, like, what's an iconic franchise, right? That has come out in the modern era that's not based on something else. And kind of since Harry Potter, there's kind of nothing right, and obviously Harry Potter, deeply problematic, but like, in terms of like, you say Hogwarts and almost everybody in the world knows what you mean in a way that kind of we haven't gotten since other than like stuff that are based on comic books or remakes or things like that. And so it's this really, I think we came, I don't wanna be one of those people who's like, culture is dead, long live culture, but we kind of grew up during the death of culture as the internet and everything else allowed us access to the full vault, which I think is largely good but did lead to now everything is just a remix of something else. And there's kind of no new culture left.
4: I think there are two things that I'd like to respond to that. Um, I think one thing is we're talking about parents raising children and blaming it on the media. Something new for me that I didn't encounter until I was older was media telling me about the problems of children raising children. You know? it wasn't a thing for me until recently I started seeing films or a series, um, this concept of like children mm. raising children, <laughs> you know? On the, uh, to
3: off of Mila the, <laughs> the media of like, uh, children raising children thing. That's honestly like the most scene I have ever felt watching those things. Um, yeah. because I didn't realize that it was like, an issue to my like mental health or like my emotionality until I like moved out of my house and like was able to do my own thing um, and had people that wanted to take care of me the same way I was taking care of my siblings. Um, So I didn't even realize that I was like watching media that like made me feel seen on purpose. It was like mad subconscious, but I was like, oh yeah, like I do that, like shameless, right? Very different but somewhat similar because she's raising all of her siblings and she doesn't figure out that she like wants to do her own thing to like, what, like season six or something. She's just like raising her siblings and that's her whole life. Right. But like at some point you realize that you're your own person and stuff. So like, I don't know where I was going with this, but for me, like that was like the biggest thing for me. And now anytime that I watch something where there is an older sibling, kind of putting aside their feelings for stuff. I'm like, I see you. You don't have to do, like, they're real people. You don't have to do this. <laughs> I'm like, you're you're your own person. Be free, <laughs> like, all the time now. <laughs> but, like, before I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense to me. Like, it wasn't a problem <laughs> when I was younger. And now I'm like, that's not okay. <laughs> like, you have a parent. Like, go to your parent if something's stressing you out. But no one wants to communicate if you're the second parent just by default not even like being asked to do it it's just like Mm -hmm. put upon you if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i don't know what that point was but that's what that's what i got from that so that's what i gained.
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to our childhood sucked join us next tuesday for the second part of this episode and to learn more about our project you can visit www.ourchildhoodsucked.com and follow us on instagram at our childhood sucked We're going to The Tank in New York City. A virtual workshop of our play will be streaming live on July 16th and 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tickets range from $5 to $20 and more information can be found on our website or at thetanknyc.org. If you want to financially support the development of our childhood suck, we've launched a crowdfunding campaign to raise $2,000 for a tank performance and future in-person workshops. We have lots of perks for you, including personal shout outs, reenactments of your favorite teen drama scene, cameos, and a chance to be on Dating Academy, and more. See the link in our podcast notes for more information and donate today. We'll see you next week.